Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down. Can we get that up on the screen, please? Psalm 23. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Talking about Jesus. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou, who is thou? The shepherd. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me. Now listen to this. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Every time I read that verse, I think I get this picture in my mind of a soldier standing right in the middle of a battlefield. Artillery shells exploding all around him, bombs going off all around him, and he's sitting at the table of the Lord right in the middle of all the hell I know I'm talking to you I'm talking to you you about to give up on something that God hasn't told you to give up on but he's sitting at the table of the Lord and smoke and and all these things going on all around him and I see he is sitting and there's a table with a beautiful white tablecloth sitting on it with some beautiful silverware that is sitting on the table. And God has got you right there in the middle of hell all around you. And you're sitting there and you're taking a knife and cutting a big ribeye. Because God said that because I am your shepherd, I will make a table before you in the presence of your enemy. He said, I'll prepare a table and the devil can smell the aroma of the food that I prepared, but the devil cannot touch it. He said, I will prepare a table before you in the presence 
of my enemies. Notice that too. God said, I will prepare a table before me in the presence. Let me read that again. Thou preparest a table before me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Listen to this. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup. My cup. My cup. My cup. Run it over. See, and, and I, I think I've said this before, but if you don't get the revelation of this, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to struggle through your life with Jesus. If you don't understand that the God that you serve is big enough to prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And here's how all of that takes place. He said, you anoint my head with oil. The anointing oil is a mark that this one belongs to me. See, in the last days that we're living in, the Antichrist spirit is rising up. But the Bible says in the book of Revelation that there's going to be one who is the Antichrist that's going to rise up and he is going to come to power. And when he comes to power, the Bible says that he's going to require every human being on the face of the earth to take a mark. And that mark will identify you with Satan. That's the reason the Bible says that those who take that mark are doomed forever. But can I tell you something this morning? That the devil can merely copy that that God has already done. Because the whole purpose for the Antichrist is to assert, usurp the authority and the throne of heaven. But can I tell you this? It has already been written down in the book of the Bible that the Antichrist will not be able to do that. Because God has already marked those who belong to Him through the work of His Spirit. He puts that anointing oil on you. And it doesn't matter what demon, what devil, what man, what woman, what, what entity would come to put their hand on you. They cannot do it because there's an anointing that's on your life that flows down and the devil can't touch you. But there are many people today that are defeated in their walk with God because they don't understand and don't have that revelation and because of that because you don't have that revelation verse 6 of Psalm 23 cannot be yours 
Because if you get that revelation that the Lord is my shepherd and he will prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies and he will anoint my head with oil and he will cause my cup to run over. If you get that revelation, then you can walk with sure with an assurance that surely, 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 yeah, I'm fighting hell. Yeah, everybody, the dog even tried to bite me this morning when I got out of bed. And everybody in my life is, is deserting me and everything seems to be falling apart and all of that. But I read, Brother Mike, that there's an anointing on my life. I read sister judy that he will anoint my head with oil so because of that brother larry every time i look back behind me there's goodness everything every time i feel forsaken brother carl feel like I don't deserve the blessing of God I look back there's old mercy surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever amen can you give Jesus a hand amen isn't he a good isn't he a good God hallelujah Thank you, Jesus. I tell you what, if y'all sit down, I won't preach long. Hallelujah. Thank you, guys. Thank y'all, worship team. Thank you so much for taking us into the throne. Listen, I'm, I'm going to just, <clears throat> I'm going to kind of introduce something to you and then uh, I'm going to close because we've got a lot going on and, and we've got baptism coming up. And so, uh, and, and I don't want you to miss the buffet. And some of you got a, a roast in the oven. And so we don't want to mess that up. So I want to introduce this to you. Uh, I, don't, I don't do a lot of series preaching because every time I start a series, I'll start it on Sunday morning and it might be three weeks that I don't get to preach. So it's hard for me to start a series, but we're going to stay with this series, okay? Because I really feel strongly about what I'm going to introduce to you this morning. And I really feel that, that the Lord is leading me personally into another area of ministry to focus on in that particular area of ministry. And I, and I think that it's the area of ministry concerning the working of Holy Spirit. So I want to I kind of 
introduce this today as the Lord gave it to me and uh, just pray that I can find a stopping point before one o'clock, okay? Some of y'all that hadn't prayed in months started praying right there, didn't you? I know you did, yeah. Listen, I want you to take your Bible and turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3, and we're going to begin reading with verse 11. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11. If you will, uh, stand with us one more time as we honor the reading of God's Word. John the Baptist was the forerunner of Christ. He was born... His birth was a supernatural birth. His birth, according to statistics and according to medical uh, science today, was never supposed to happen. But God took uh, Elizabeth and Zechariah, John the Baptist, dad and mom, and supernaturally uh, empowered them to have children or have a child in their old age, and his name was John, was called John the Baptist. He is known as the forerunner. The forerunner meaning that he came before Christ and he set the stage for Christ to come. He said, I'm not him. There's one coming after me. He was the forerunner. And in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11, John is saying this. He said, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, And he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water unto repentance or for repentance. That is what we're going to do here in just a little bit. We're going to baptize people because they have repented of their sins, and we're going to baptize them in water. They're going to be submerged under the water. Here at McCullough, we hold them for at least three bubbles to make sure they got everything right before we bring them back up. But we're going to baptize. I'm just kidding. All right. But we're going to baptize here in just a few minutes. That is the baptism that John was talking about. But he said, there's, one, there's coming one after me who is mightier than myself. He also is going to baptize, but not with water. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Thank you, Father, for your word. Bless your people today. As we receive it in Jesus' name, amen. You can take your seat. 
I want to title this message this morning, ID, please. Any of you ever heard those words, ID, please? Do you have your ID? Can I see your ID? You ever had to show your ID? Check them out. They are, they are working up there. That's, that's good. Listen, the Federal Trade Commission, according to a report that they recently put out, says that around 9 million people, around 9 million identities are stolen every year in the United States. Nine million identities that are stolen. The reason I'm I, that I am titling this on ID, please, is that the other day I, I was reading and I wasn't, it was one of those things I wasn't expecting it, I wasn't sitting there to discover or to get it. But it just came and it began to, God began to unfold some things to me that I want to give to you this morning. I want you to understand that when John the Baptist was speaking these words and when he was baptizing in the wilderness, nobody on the face of the planet, had ever laid eyes on Jesus Christ. Prophets had prophesied that the Messiah was coming for hundreds of years, but nobody had ever put eyes, nobody had ever placed a set of eyeballs on Christ. Just the other day, and I've, I've done it on several occasions, many occasions actually, I was meeting uh, an individual uh, that I had never seen before. We had just talked on the phone, and I didn't, I had no idea who he was or anything like that, and we talked, and and it came down that we said, you know, we need to get together. And I said, well, I don't want you to have to drive all the way to where I am. And I don't want to drive all the way to where you are. And, and I said, so let's meet halfway. So we met uh, halfway in Walmart parking lot. So we set up the meeting to take place in Walmart parking lot. I drove into Walmart parking lot, and there was probably 200 cars sitting in Walmart parking lot. And so I realized that I've got to go a little bit further about this meeting because I don't know who this individual is, and he don't know who I am. So I got there, and I was sitting at the Walmart parking lot under one of them little shade trees that you had to squeeze up to get under it. And I was sitting there and I got my phone out and I sent him a text. And I said, hey, 
Just want to let you know that I'm driving a Ford F-250. It's color black, and I'll be sitting uh, at Walmart parking lot. Well, that's good. He could identify me, but I still didn't have no idea who he was. So he responded back and he said, okay, I appreciate that. I will be driving a black Dodge something. And so I sat there. And every, every time a black vehicle would come through, I'd say, is that him? But it wasn't. But when that particular vehicle drove up, it was an SUV. When that vehicle drove up, he drove past me. I said, that's got to be him. And he made a circle. You see, you've got to be careful nowadays. You meet some crazy folks, you know. And, and so he made a circle and he'd come back around. And he didn't stop that time. I said, I know that's got to be that guy. So, you know, being the bold individual I am and, and real secure and all that, I, I unpacked and laid it on the seat. And, and I just got out of the vehicle and stood by the vehicle. He come back around again and he stopped and he said, are you Mr. Phillips? I said, I am. Are you so-and-so? He said, I am. I said, okay. But here's what I'm saying. You see, John the Baptist had never laid eyes on Jesus. Nobody around there had ever put eyes on Christ. They didn't know who he was. And so John the Baptist, being the forerunner, said these words. He said this. He said, I'm baptizing you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me, talking about Jesus, he is mightier than I. And I'm not even worthy to loose the sandals or to carry his sandals. If he had stopped there, nobody would have ever known who Jesus was. But John the Baptist said something that was, ident was an identifying mark that set Jesus apart from all the other people that were there that day. And guys, I, what I'm about to say, I want you to please understand and please take it for what I'm saying. John the Baptist identified Jesus. He didn't say the one that is coming after me who is mightier than I is going to be a miracle worker. He didn't say the one that's coming or the one that I'm talking about is going to raise the dead. He didn't say the one that I'm talking about is going to cause the eyes of the blind to be opened. He didn't even say that he's going to be the one that's going to stand in front of Lazarus' tomb and call a dead man out of the grave. 
He didn't say he's going to be a miracle worker. He didn't say signs and wonders were going to follow. But John the Baptist said, he is coming and he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. My goodness, when I read that, the power of God just came all over me. And God said, son, that is the way I identified Jesus. Listen, everybody, the word identity is, 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 is described or defined as the distinguishing character or personality of an individual. So your identity is that that, identi- that distinguishes you from everybody else. It's what you're known by. It's how everybody knows you is by your identity. Can I tell you, can I, can I say this without anybody get, getting mad at me? If you get mad, just send me an email. But can I tell you this? We read the gospel accounts concerning the life and works of Jesus. And our attention, most of the time, is drawn to the miracles, the signs, and wonders that Jesus did while he walked this earth. We think about and we talk about that Jesus healed the lame man. That Jesus caused the blind to see. Jesus opened the deaf ears. And truly he did. Truly he did. But can I tell you something this morning? I believe that what is going on in our world today, because we're living in a nation of people, and I don't know exactly how many millions of people in the United States of America claim to be Christians, claim to be born-again Christians. But yet, in the middle of all of that, with churches filled up, and churches on every corner, and, and, and you can turn the TV on and get preaching, you can turn the radio on and get good preaching, you can open up your phone and get good ministry and all of that, but yet in the middle of all of the, the noise, it seems like that we're losing the battle. It seems like that hell is rushing over and we're losing the battle. Can I tell you this this morning? That I believe that what God is doing in this hour and in the moment that you and I are living in today is that He is bringing the church back to a front and center understanding of the reason that Jesus came. And I believe that the definition and the identification that John the Baptist gave to Jesus, the first one to ever identify him, was something, it was a mark that would let us know that yes, he is a miracle worker. Yes, he is one who raises the dead. Yes, he is a healer. Yes, he, he has the ability to calm the storm and, and to settle the stormy waves and all that. But that is not the reason that Jesus came. Jesus didn't come to work a miracle. Jesus came to baptize you and I in the Holy Ghost and fire. 
And I know that there are many that will say, well, you know, that's just for you bunch of Pentecostals. No, it's not. It's not. Listen, we have relegated the working of Holy Spirit to a jump and a shout and a speaking in an unknown language. But we missed one of the most important things about the work of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And that is the ability, the power, and the anointing just to walk and be successful as a man or woman of God. We've raised the preacher up. We've raised the pastor up and the evangelist. And we said, look what a mighty man or woman of God that is. While all the time God is saying to the church, I want you to be a mighty man or a mighty woman of God. So listen. Each of the four Gospels talk about the works, the miracles that Jesus did and all of those things. Jesus talked about being the way, the truth, and the life. He talked about being the resurrection and the life. And all of that. So why? And, I, and I'm fixing to close, believe it or not. I'm going to get away from my notes so I can get down here and I'll forget where I am and I'll close. So what was the purpose for the miracles, the signs and wonders that Jesus gave? And I know that Jesus came to save the lost. I know that. But I'm, what I'm talking about this morning that is that it's time for the body of Christ. It's time for men and women of God to recognize you need to make a shift in your relationship with Christ. Because if you come to Jesus with the intention, I'm coming to Jesus because he can heal my body. You're coming for the wrong reason. If you come to Jesus with the idea that he's going to fix my marriage, then you're coming for the wrong reason. And I know that's not, that's not, don't sound real good. But I'm telling you this morning that, that we're in 2022. And although we're seeing some great things happen in our world, there are also some very sinister things that are taking place in our society. And we need to recognize that yes, Jesus came to set the captive free and he came to work miracles in our lives and, and, and all of that. But the greatest thing is this, brothers and sisters, is that Jesus wants to impart the anointing to you so that you can look back in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and have this understanding. There was a blind man who was blind from birth. Jesus laid hands on him. His eyes opened. Oh my goodness, Pastor. Miracles went out with the apostles. No. 
See, that's the mindset, ladies and gentlemen, because we have not connected with the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit and power. And so therefore, we don't think that we possess the anointing. We don't think that we possess the power to live like Jesus lived. Can I ask you something? Why did Jesus walk this earth uh, and minister for a little over three years and do signs and wonders and miracles? Was it just to awe us and to get us to read and say, wow, that was awesome and mighty and powerful. I wish that we could do that. No, Jesus was an example. Every step that Jesus made along the, 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 the dirty dirt roads of Jerusalem was an example to us. That's the reason that he had 12 men that were following him. And Jesus was literally saying, look at what I'm about to do. Follow me. I'm setting an example. Have you ever wondered why the 12 disciples never did any miracles? The Bible says that Jesus called 72 men and sent them out and, and told them to go out and preach the gospel. They came back to Jesus and they were, the Bible says they were all jumping up and down and excited. And one of them looked at Jesus and said, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through your name. But they didn't say anything about healing a blinded eye or opening a deaf ear. They just simply said, even the devils are subject to us through your name. Remember the seven sons of Sceva that thought they were going to run a devil off by using the name of Jesus? The name of Jesus is powerful. When the name of Jesus is spoken by faith, demons will tremble. But I want to tell you something. It is those that walk in the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost that can see signs and wonders follow the preaching of the Word. Jesus had the disciples following Him. They were watching Him as He performed miracles. But they never walked in a miraculous ministry until after the day of Pentecost. That's the reason, and I'm having trouble stopping, okay? I'm sorry. But that is the reason that Jesus, after his resurrection, he got all of his disciples together and he, and he, uh, he was going to send them out and he said, go out and, and start this big crusade. He said, I want you to record all your messages and, and I want you to sell the CDs and, and all of that. And oh yeah, uh, Peter, I want you to write a book. He looked at John and he said, John, I want you to get on television. You're going to be this big television evangelist. He said, go on, go on out there and do it. That ain't what he did. As a matter of fact, Jesus stopped them dead in their tracks. And he said, listen, before you go preach, before you lay hands on any sick, before you do anything, he said, I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to stay there until you're endued with power from on high. 
This was coming out of the mouth of the one that John the Baptist says, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So, as we prepare to close, those of you that are going to be baptized, if you will, go on back and get ready for baptism and and we're going to baptize. And I've I've covered a lot, a lot of ground, and, but I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, this morning, there are identifiers that identify a man or woman of God. And those identifiers is the anointing and the presence of God that you carry in your life. People will look at you and look past you. But when the anointing and the presence of God is resting upon your life, they will know there is something different about you. The identity of who Jesus was. John said, he's going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. But remember this, that John had not yet laid eyes on Jesus. But John said this. He said, the voice of the Lord spoke to me and said this. He's going to come down to be baptized by you. And when you baptize him, you will know him because the Spirit of God will descend from heaven in the form of a dove and it will light on him. That is the Messiah. That is Jesus. I can see there was a line of people probably lined up wanting to be baptized by John. Jesus was in the line. John had no idea who he was until he brought him down to the water. And that is when the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, identified Jesus to John the Baptist. Now I've said all that to say this. If that was the thing that John the Baptist used to identify who Jesus was, in that statement, it encapsulates the whole ministry of Christ. He is coming to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. If that's the case, and it is, then that should be an indicator to us as the body of Christ that I don't need to worry about seeing a miracle. I don't need to worry about seeing a blind eye open. What I need to worry about is allowing the Spirit of Christ to wash over me, to baptize me, to submerge me in His anointing. And when I do that, the result of that will be that signs and wonders will follow wherever I go. It's not about a denomination. It's not about what hangs over your door. It is about relationship with Christ. It's about knowing 
who Jesus is and the purpose for which he came. So this morning, we're about to to go back and baptize. But I want to ask you today, do you really know who Jesus really is? Have you really allowed him to, to let his spirit, his anointing, the baptism in the Holy Spirit to come over your life? You see what we're going to be talking about in the next few weeks is that when the work of Holy Spirit begins to take place in a believer's life, they are radically changed. They are radically transformed by the power and the anointing of His Spirit. Guys, I am convinced today that that is one of the most desperately needed revelations in the church today. We need the baptism of Holy Spirit, that submersion into the Spirit that Jesus promised that we could have. This morning, as we get ready to baptize, I want to ask you this question. I've talked to believers about the need for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But I want to ask you this morning, have you ever been born again? And I'm going to ask you just simply for the sake of time, if you will, to bow your heads right where you are right now, where you're sitting, just bow your heads. No one looking around, no one moving around. Do you know Jesus as Savior? Do you know Him as the Lord of your life? Have you ever repented of your sin and asked Jesus Christ to come into your life? If you haven't, I want to give you an opportunity this morning to know him as Savior because you see you've got to know him as Savior before you can know him as baptizer so if that's you this morning you say pastor I've never repented of my sin I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life but I really would like to know him today if that's you would you slip your hand up? Just slip your hand up right where you're sitting. And we're going to pray. Hallelujah. Father, we come today and we thank you. We thank you this morning for the opportunities that we've been given today to know you as the Lord of our lives. We thank you this morning, Father that we can identify who Jesus is. 
Father, we know him as Savior. We know him as Redeemer. Father, we know him as the Baptizer in the Spirit. Father, guide us today. And Father, as we go into this baptism, we ask you to bless those that are going to be baptized today. Father, that the fire of your anointing would burn and move in their lives this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.